here at home, the head of the FBI issued a strong new warning today about an increased terrorist threat in this country from potential attackers who might be inspired by Hamas. Garrett Haig has that story. Please stand and on Capitol Hill tonight, a stark warning about the growing threat at home from the devastating war abroad. The ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. FBI Director Chris Wray signaling the U.S. is in a dangerous period. We assess that the actions of Hamas and its allies will serve as an inspiration, the likes of which we haven't seen since ISIS. As Jewish college students are facing threats on U.S. campuses, Cornell University officials today confirming the arrest of a suspect in connection with online threats of a mass shooting and other violence there. To see, you know, my own campus targeting specifically 104 West, this building, the building that I live in, sleep in, it was just unbelievable. A Las Vegas man also charged with threatening to kill Nevada Senator Jackie Rosen, who is Jewish, after leaving a series of anti-Semitic, profanity-laced voicemails. 3,500 kids dead. Also on the Hill, anti-war protesters interrupting a hearing as the secretaries of state and defense were pushing the White House plan to spend $105 billion in emergency support for Israel, Ukraine, and other national security threats. That funding dividing House and Senate Republicans. New Speaker Mike Johnson setting a vote this week on aid to Israel alone, with $14 billion in military and humanitarian assistance, while some GOP senators argue to include aid to Ukraine. To separate the package is, is naive because the threats are in, have commonality. Garrett, what more did the FBI director have to say about the threats here? Well, Lester, he said that the Bureau is not tracking any imminent threat from a foreign terrorist group and that his biggest concern is violent extremists who may be inspired by the events taking place in the Middle East. Ray urged all Americans to continue to be vigilant. Peace through strength is more than a slogan, folks. Welcome to More War Mondays on the Rob Manis Show here live at the Red Voice Media Network, where we bring you the facts and the truth. And welcome to our X Spaces simulcast audience. We appreciate you all and look forward to hearing you engage with our guests today. Well, we have achieved peace through strength before, but can we actually achieve it again? In an op-ed, the former president of the United States on October 17th published in Newsweek, he said this, every step of the way, Joe Biden has empowered and weakened uh, America and emboldened our enemies the world over, and clearly none so more than the terrorist group Hamas and their bloodthirsty sponsor, the villainous regime in Iran. When I left office, Iran, well, they were weak, broke, and desperate to make a deal. I told other nations that you would not be able to make a deal, including China, that if you buy oil from Iran, you can't do business in the United States of America. Virtually all of them complied. Iran's terrorist regime was careening towards bankruptcy, hemorrhaging money, and they were barely able to pay the salaries of their radical Islamic thugs. I hammered, hammered Iranian oil exports down to a record low. But then Biden came in, Loosened my sanctions, and today Iran is producing more than 3, billion, 3 million barrels a day. 
Iran went from making little money under me to raking in at least $80 billion a year under Biden. Iran knew that Biden was soft, foolish, and able to be pushed around the very moment he assumed office, close quote. Now, we are truly on the precipice of facing two major regional conflicts. Military people like me and our guest today might refer to them as an MRC, uh, both in Europe and the Middle East now. And with China observing and posturing from the wings, we really are at the possibility of a World War III. Keep in mind that our current armed forces are not resourced for fighting and winning more than one MRC while engaging in a fight against terrorism. That's really where we're at. Discussing the world geopolitical situation and the state of readiness of our country for, that, for facing that situation today is my guest, retired U.S. Army General Mike Flynn, who served more than 33 years in the service and since leaving the military serves on numerous nonprofits and boards and uh, organizations supporting veterans and, of course, has uh, advised presidential candidates and campaigns and was the national security advisor under the man that wrote that article on October 17th, President Donald J. Trump. General Flynn, sir, welcome to The Rob Manus Show. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today. I appreciate it, Rob. And uh, this, is a, this is a crazy time. I mean, you're right to point out the major regional conflicts, you know, the lesser regional conflicts, you know, the readiness of our military. So, I mean, this is a really— uh, I actually think that we're in World War III right now. It's not like you see in the movies, you know, from World the World War II flicks yeah. and the uh, and the movies that that you know we've gotten used to as you know for some of us who remember some of those movies, of course. And it's, it's not like that. This is a different. This is a different war, uh, a different type of warfare. Uh, information is a big part of it. Uh, there's a physical component. Obviously, what's happening in the Middle East. I just. I just got an update while I'm standing here listening to you. It says, uh, you know, that it's basically about about attacks in the Middle East against U.S. forces. In just the last 24 hours, we've had another six attacks against, in the last 24 hours, just against U.S. forces. And in the past month, since the 7th of October, we've had over 60, 60 attacks against U.S. forces in uh, either Iraq or Syria. And since the 7th of October, so in the last month. So when people think that this is only isolated to Hamas and Israel, it is not. And when they, and 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 there is a there is a great um, you know when I think about I mean you you've seen anybody that's paying really close attention, Robin. I know you are. You know to to Zelensky, right, the president of Ukraine, right. who's trying to he's trying to get the attention of the world back put back on him because he knows that, you know, and, and frankly, that that's a loser war. That war yeah. has already been, it's already been decided. And, uh, and what, what Zelensky wants to do is he wants to get some attention put back onto him. And so when we think about, when we think about where we are as a, as a, uh, as a nation, as the United States of America is that let's, you know, forget about all the other allies and partners that we have around the world that we are, you know, that we want to maintain these these working relationships with these diplomatic relationships with what we're, we're talking about really is the lack of of uh, of, uh, of preparation and and what I would call kind of a, a stance like a like you know 
uh, I watched a whole bunch of football. Yes, I'm a big fan of mm -hmm. football. I played football in high school. You know, when a person gets down in a stance, they're 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 strong and they're ready and they're like right. ready to move fast and hit somebody really hard. But we're not. We don't have that ability right now. The United States of America. We are in a weakened stance. We are on our heels, and maybe we're only on one heel because what people tend to forget is that we have just spent the last two plus decades of war fighting a counterinsurgency and terrorists, you know, and we have had yeah. the luxury of having an Air Force that has not had, and you, you clearly understand this, an Air Force that has not had to worry about, about threats in the air, right, to, to, our, to our air uh, component. Uh, and now we are looking at some countries over there. Iran is one of them. Iran is a big one. We are looking at the ability for shoulder-fired air defense systems. We're looking at very, very sophisticated S-300 weapon systems that Iran has. We're looking right. at other very sophisticated uh, air defense kinds of capabilities that exist in places like Turkey. We've got, uh, uh, we have a, a Russian naval fleet that actually operates in both the Black Sea and in the Eastern Med. I mean, so there's a different... There's a different threat umbrella, if you will, that the United States military is going to have to put up against. And so even though we've have we've placed two uh, carrier strike forces in the Eastern Med, we have a, a completely different uh, a war that we have not really gotten our forces ready for in the last 20 years when we've been, you know, showing up and we have places to put headquarters in and all these kinds of things. And frankly, it is a it is a different type of of, uh, of exercising that we must do in order to prepare for this kind of war. That's just in the Middle East, Rob. Never right. mind if we get dragged further into into Eastern Europe with uh, with Russia. Russia is, you know, as far as I, I can tell, the uh, the Ukrainian military has really been decimated. I, I would say, you know, you know, the in the military we'll use words like defeated and destroyed. Mm -hmm. I would place the uh, the Ukrainian military in the destroyed category, meaning that they don't have any more capacity to wage war at this at this point. Uh, whereas yeah. whereas if you're defeated, you still have your you know you can only defend or you can only uh, you know you can only do one or the other kind of thing. I think at this point in time, the Ukrainian military, certainly the leadership, has been destroyed, and uh, and yeah. and and a guy like Putin and Russia are in a much stronger position. You know, because they're being aided by the Chinese, they're being aided by this global alliance that has formed against us, against us being the United States of America. And then, and I, th and then, and I think that's, that's right. I think that's why I agree with you. I mean, we already are at World War Three level we are. Uh, of operation. Yeah, and then, and then, then let's let's take the information component. And I appreciate you you uh, sitting there in front of that five GW book on your shelf. <laughs> you know. I mean, there is, there is, and I wrote that specifically because we are yeah. facing a time where, you know, and you know, this fifth generation warfare, the idea mm -hmm. of, of irregular, the use of different psychological operations, those things have been around since, uh, you know, since the time of that war, you know, was first thought about. But it's right. now it's being applied in a different way. So, for example, as I was coming in earlier this morning to, to go to an, uh, an, an event that we that we did here. In, in the local community that I'm part of, I'm listening to the radio and I'm listening to, to the discussion about all of these rallies and, and protests going on in this country. How did we get from 9-11, where we had the 
you know, the loss of so many thousands of lives. We go overseas to fight radicalized Islamists overseas to now we have people that are, that are you know, that are uh, uh, basically they're they're defaming and they're going after you know everything from the fences on the on the what in the at the White House to mm -hmm. statues in different parts of the country. And now the 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 funny thing was, and I say it's funny only tongue in cheek because right. I I heard that it's now the transgender uh, voices out there are now adding LGBTH is now the new acronym. And I'm not kidding you. I mean, uh, as I'm hmm. as I'm listening, so H is now Hamas. So if you're right. you're gonna start to see, you know, it's all these people that had that had uh Ukrainian flags or or now it's Palestinian flags. Most people in this country have no idea about the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, PIJ, the right. Palestinian Liberation Organization, who Hamas is. I mean I had a woman the other night about a week ago I was at a at an event that that we that I was you know part of, and a, mm -hmm. and a woman re, a woman reaches over on the table that I'm sitting at, and she says, "So what's with this Hamas guy? What's with this Hamas fellow?" And I was like, yeah. I was I was you know, I, I was surprised at first, but then I started to realize, wow, we really people really don't know because nobody yeah. has been really paying attention into this country. And the well, reason why know, is because you know, these kids don't even know that Gaza wasn't occupied since 2005. Right. That the Israelis exactly. completely pulled out of it, sir. Well, hey, hey, sir, we we've, we've got our live audience on Spaces. I try to give them an opportunity to ask one question per quarter hour uh, in each segment. Uh, so if you don't mind, we'll go over to Cat the Hammer. She's the host of the Space today, and uh, see who's got a hand up with one real quick question, Cat. Yeah, we're gonna go to Doc. Uh, thank you, General, for taking my question. Um, the the thing that I'm most concerned with is, as you know, we're a kind of a knee-jerk military. We're we're very reactive instead of mm -hmm. proactive. And with the uh, the cyber footing that our adversaries have, such as Iran and Russia, um, an attack on the homeland, on our financial sector, or on the cyber sector is something that's very concerning to me. I was wondering if there was any chatter on your lanes on, about something like that. Yeah, so that's a great question, and it's not just and and. Uh... Doc, it's not just uh, uh, Iran, China, Russia. I'm going to tell you, North Korea has a very sophisticated capability. Uh, other other nations that are aligned against us, that are I, I call are part of this global alliance, have have very sophisticated capabilities. And then there's and then there's the the non-state actors who are very pop, you know, very uh, powerful when it comes to these capabilities. You know, the the anonymous crowd, right? The anonymous crowd that are non-state actors, and in fact, they do a self form to conduct uh, you know chaos and disruption in uh, during times like this. So I, I think that the ability to to be able to penetrate and we've already seen this in many of our government sectors where we've had great big cybersecurity attacks where you know systems have been shut down or banking systems have been attacked, you know the, the economic or the you know the financial institutions have been attacked. So Trust that that uh, these things are going on. Trust that there are also collections. So it's not just a an, uh, an attack to shut down something. It's also an attack to understand what is happening, to understand what in, what uh, intentions are by the United States government, right? Because there's a lot of ways that you can 
disrupt, and you can disrupt by understanding as well as disrupt by, sh by shutting down. So, so trust it that our adversaries are paying very close attention to the conversations going on on the internet. There are a lot of there are a lot of deception and a lot of uh, false information being being pushed on the internet, as well as collecting some of the uh, information that they're going to need to determine what are our intentions, what are our reactions, what are the things that we are starting to do. And as a free society, it's very difficult for our U.S. military. I mean, the fact that we've got uh, uh, carrier strike forces deployed in the uh, Eastern Med. I mean, you know, our people are, are demanding from our leaders, where are we at? You know, we got to be very careful. We got to be very smart about uh, giving away what our intentions and capabilities are. But this issue of cyber is a very, very, uh, it's a big deal. And, and, uh, and the capabilities that do exist, actually, they are, in many cases, they are able to overwhelm our systems because our systems are not as robust and not as uh, uh, as 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 uh, strong and viable as they should be for the scale of potential uh, attacks that we could experience by some of these big countries like a China or like a North Korea or like Iran. I mean, there are, these are countries that are very sophisticated. They are very sophisticated. It's so easy to mask where the attacks in the cyber world come from, who's doing them, uh, what the intentions are, sir. Well, well, stay right there, General. I've got to do an ad read real quick so we can pay for the show. Uh, but Absolutely. we'll be right back uh, with a clip that talks about what I think is the biggest threat to America, and that's the civ at our southern border. Well, listen up, folks. Bidenomics is not working. The U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard-earned savings really are at risk. I'm telling you, uh, you're gonna lose them if you don't act now before it's too late. We've got one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole from our friends over at uh, American Alternative Assets. They have a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from the failing dollar and volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833, the number 2USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465. Or visit the website, protectfrombiden.com. Well, welcome back to the Rob Mana Show, where our guest is uh, retired General Mike Flynn, uh, former National Security Advisor to the 45th President of the United States and uh, Director of the Defense Intelligence Agency before he left uh, his uniform. And, and sir, before I forget it, we're so close to Veterans Day. Thank you for your service. Uh, thank you for what you do for veterans. I know we all try to work with veterans groups, and we definitely appreciate that. Disco uh, producer, why don't you go ahead and play clip two real quick? Every day, thousands of illegals travel through what is known as the Darien Gap at the southern border of Panama. The jungle trail is very hazardous, but they keep coming. The United States government is openly supporting the effort with funding and resources provided to various non-government organizations who facilitate the illegal traffic in the U.S. You can see that red oval there that's circled where the Darien Gap is at the southern end of Panama. Uh, the U.S. provides camps, food, water, travel information, and even an app now called One App that allows these people entry into the U.S. once they get here as asylum seekers. In spite of years of reporting on these illegals' pathway into our country, most Americans don't know what their tax dollars are being used for. Well, I normally don't play clips for my own show, sir, but I did a show with Michael Yan a couple of weeks ago, and that 
that little piece right there fits what my concern is and what Michael has been reporting on for several years now, and I watch his reporting closely, and that is the the tens of thousands of military-aged males coming to this country, not just from Venezuela or Ecuador or Brazil or, or any of the other South American or Central American countries, but from Yemen, from Libya, from uh, Tunisia, from Gaza itself, the West Bank, Jordan. Uh, and then, and that's not even counting the 26,000 military-age males from China. Uh, the, and all of these, yeah. almost 60,000 from these uh, suspect countries, these special interest countries that, that are Islamic terrorist uh, uh, countries, and then the 26,000 Chinese military-age males. And, you know, given the the arc, the overarching global situation, really, in my opinion, the existential threat could very well possibly and probably is right here inside the borders. Right. Right. So, you know, let's just let's just be, you know, real very realistic about this. And and Michael Yan has done extraordinary, extraordinary reporting. If if uh, for those people that are on on uh, X in the, in your live spaces. You know, if you're not following Michael Yan, you should follow Michael Yan. I actually think it's at Michael da uh, underscore Yan, but That's he's doing it. And, and, and the other one is uh, Ann Vandersteel. And there's a couple of others that are down there with him. But so so where are we with the border in invasion, right? The border invasion, first of all, is an invasion. And it's, and it's being allowed to occur uh, intentionally by our leadership in Washington, D.C. I mean, this is not incompetence. This is not stupidity. <laughs> This is not poor policy. This is the policy. The policy is open borders, an, a northern region that includes an open Canada, America, United States of America, and Mexico as an open region. And this is the direction that the president of the United States with Obergon from Mexico and uh, Trudeau from Canada, they, they signed off on this thing about uh, almost a year and a half ago now to basically have open border, you know, an, an open borders northern region. Yeah. So. When, when people look at this and go, what is going on? Why can't they? It, this is intentional. So that's number one. Number two, we have already experienced in just the last two years alone, it, it, you know, the numbers are, they range, but let's, you know, the number that I'm told is around 10 million, 10 million in the last couple of years that have come into the country illegally. And it, it's just a flood. It's like, talk about flooding the zone. The, the third thing is, is we have about another million. I'm told we have about another million that are waiting in the wings south of the border to come into the country. So now you have to start to look at the, the so what is all happening, right? So what does this all mean? So let's talk about the Darien Gap. And, and really, it's not so much the Darien Gap, it's the Panama Canal. And Panama actually, the, the, the nation of Panama could actually collapse. And they're having some real difficult times down there right now internally because the people of Panama are getting stressed out and they don't like what's happening. And they yep. could, they could, they could take, you know, they could collapse that country. Well, the one thing about the Panama Canal, and there's all sorts of history about it, and there's all sorts of presidents of the United States that gave up certain rights to the Panama Canal, not only to the to the nation of Panama, but but uh, to uh, countries like China. So if you control the Panama Canal, that's a very, very strategic, economic and military corridor. That that if you control it, and the Chinese control at least one, if not both, of the of the locks on either end right now. So That's right. the, the number of military age men that are being brought into 
the United States of America, they are leaving a fair number of them in Panama right now because they're going to be working in these in these for these companies that are Chinese owned companies, CCP owned companies that run the the uh, the ability to transit the Panama Canal. It is right. a, it is a super super strategic uh, uh, crossway between the isthmus of Central America and and uh, the, you know both the Atlantic and the Pacific. People don't understand how important that is unless you're a military or a or in, you're in the world of 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 sea commercial traffic. You don't understand how important that the the vitality of being able to cut down your transit routes by twenty thousand kilometers, right? right? I mean, this is this is how important it is. That's number three. The, the 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 second or the the next element of this is this invasion of our country. It is actually we have killed in action on the streets of America, probably upwards of about two hundred thousand this year. This year. From just fentanyl, never mind, you know, methamphetamine, the overdoses right. of cocaine and other drugs that are being uh, poured into this country. Now, people can go, well, you know, the Americans, you know, we're the we're the big, uh, we, we, you know, we're putting the big demands on these things. Fine, but when we, you know, and and that's 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 a terrible thing. But it's but when we allow for this to occur, when we allow for this this infusion of drugs into our streets, this is much more than just some crime. You know, problem that that local law enforcement have to deal with. We're talking about almost 200,000 killed in action on the streets of this country by fentanyl alone. Fentanyl comes directly from China. It is transited through Mexico through the drug cartels, the you know the big ticket drug cartels, and it is a multi-billion-dollar industry. But we have killed in action, and we have wounded in action because there are many people that have touched this stuff or been exposed to it. And they and they have they've lost their ability. They get debilitated because of it. So there's a there's an, a cause and an effect to our allowing the uh, the the border to be open. The other aspects of this is that it it puts a huge stress on our education system. It puts a huge stress on our healthcare system. It puts a huge stress on our law enforcement professionals out there. I mean, there's so many other second, third, fourth, and fifth order consequences with this border invasion. And like I said, this is intentional. So get get past the, oh my God, why are these people allowing this? This is intentional and it's intentionally being done. And it and it was clear. Just listen to uh Mayorkas, the the, the Secretary of Homeland Security. He was on with uh, yeah. he showed a showed a clip the other day about about uh he showed a clip the other day about um or or just recently about uh the FBI director when they testified this week. So it's one right. of these things where we we have to uh, we have to pay very close attention to what is happening, and and the other thing too, the other sort of second, third, fourth order effect is what are they planning to allow these people to do that come into our country? Are they going to allow them to vote without any voter ID, without being legal citizens? I mean, you know, I was up in Ohio recently, and and they were pointing out in the place that I was at, to a really nice hotel where they're housing hundreds of these people. Uh, they're housing hundreds of yeah. illegals. I just did a thing here this morning with uh, a group of people that are involved in, in the anti-child trafficking realm, right? And uh, and we're looking at, you know, upwards of 85,000 children in this country that have, that have now come up missing by our, uh, wow. our Department of Homeland Security. So the, the, the compounded effects of, of what it is that we're facing Never mind what I talked about at the first, uh, you know, 
uh, section there about yeah. the Middle East, about what's happening in, in uh, East Europe, and then now what's happening not not only from the Darien Gap of uh, between Panama and South America, but mm -hmm. also what's happening all the way up to the border. And it's not just at the border. It's not at the border. And I need people to understand that. It's, it is all over this country. We have it illegals. Is that have moved into every single aspect of the of American life and and frankly at a certain point in time the it's it it some you know something greater is going to give right something more is going to give because our system just cannot support this kind of of uh, of of invasion of uh, of the country our 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 institutions can't support it you know, never mind uh, the amount of money that we're pouring in. You know, we're pouring good money after bad, uh, bad money, and uh, and it just at some point in time, it, it's going to to take a toll where we just can't afford what it is. So That's let me exactly just right. I know I, you know, and you I, can see how many just a, an inkling of how many there are by the three hundred thousand that showed up to to say they were in support of Hamas, the atrocity right. committers. Uh, in Washington, right. D.C. this weekend. It's unfathomable. That's just a drop in the bucket. Well, sir, we've got to take a commercial break, uh, and this time it'll be a real commercial instead of just an ad read. But when we come back, I want to wrap, start wrapping this thing together and talk a little bit about the future national security strategy with General Flynn, mm -hmm. uh, because who better to talk to than someone that's been at the pinnacle and will probably be at, continue to be at the pinnacle of what kind of policy we need to have to protect our country. We'll be right back after these messages. How in the world could such a small group of people with limited resources change world history? But in fact, that's happening. And it's the power of the truth. The truth is like kryptonite. Healthcare isn't in some sense working very well. Foster Colson is thinking about this. He's got a new company, an online healthcare platform called The Wellness Company. Telehealth company called The Wellness Company. The Wellness Company. TWC.health is the wellness company. The most popular product is the detoxification supplement that features natokinase. Natokinase is the only enzyme that we're aware of right now that dissolves the spike protein. Spike protein is loaded in the body with the COVID-19 infection and definitely with the vaccines. We've been completely accurate on the spread of the virus, early treatment, on the deficiencies in hospital care, and now the deaths that are occurring after vaccination. This is a human outrage and is occurring at the end of a hypodermic needle. Isn't it interesting? Natural substance is combating this man-made disaster. The senior commander of Ukraine acknowledged despite the violent fights that lasted for months with Russia, it was barely locked in, dead end, and an important breakthrough was not close. Commander Valery Zaluzhny, an interview with Economist on Wednesday, as in the First World War, we have reached level of technology that puts us a dead end. General Zaluzhny, for first time. A high-level Ukrainian commander said war reached a dead end, but General Zaluzhny added that breaking of dead end may require technological advances to reach. 
Air superiority and increase effectiveness of artillery fire. The general said that modern technology and sensitive weapons on both sides prevent troops from violating enemy lines, including the expansive use of soldiers and ability to compress drones. Welcome back to the Rob Mana Show here on the Red Voice Media Network, where we're live and we have a live audience over in X Spaces too. And we're talking with our guest today, retired U.S. Army General and former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn, uh, about the state of play of the geopolitical situation and where the United States is. Uh, and sir, there were two things about that little clip I want people to know about is uh, number one, we've already talked a little bit about it. The commander in chief, the military commander in chief of the Ukraine armed forces is what that story was about and how he's admitting finally that they're in a stalemate. I've known this for several months. All of us that have closely watched this war knew that it was gonna come to this and, and such waste of, of human life. It's incredible that we had to come down this path and hopefully we'll get people to the table soon. But the second piece to that clip there is that's an AI generated media report. And it looks exactly. like a, a reporter sitting at a desk, et cetera, and those kind of things. And I just wanted to shift the conversation, sir, into the national security strategy, which we mentioned already in the show and talked about how we're limited on resources to really only winning one MRC and, and while fighting a terrorist, uh, fi counterterrorism fight. Uh, so where, where do we need to go with a national security strategy to to look at the, I mean, this three-front war, basically, when you count China, and we'll talk a little bit more about China in the last segment, uh, in the Middle East and, and, the, and Europe, uh, and in addition, the information war, the cyber domain war, that is an incredibly difficult war to even try to figure out what they're doing as you said, and you say in your book, which I do have General Flynn's book up behind me on 5GW, the fifth generation warfare, you guys should go get it. Uh, and, uh, and there's a new copy out about artificial intelligence. Isn't there a, a new companion guide out, sir? And that's why I yes. wanted to go here with this is because I'm interested, there it is right there, thank you. Uh, I'm interested in what you've been thinking about the national security and national defense strategy of the United States and our allies and, and going forward, how do we face these challenges of a three-front war plus cyber plus this massive information war that you you literally see the outcome of it uh, uh, that the enemy is winning battles and campaigns in this the Hamas propaganda is winning it's winning yeah. Uh, yeah. so how do we craft a policy strategy that takes us into the future that addresses things like artificial intelligence when combined with this massive information war and cyber war along with the other kinetic. Yeah, so a couple of things. I think number one, we have to stop this or, or curtail this perversion of our society. We have a society that is just, you know, we, we, we're so, you know, we, we have gone over overboard in terms of what uh, is acceptable. That's number one. The other thing I think from an American perspective is we have to stop apologizing you know, we have to quit apologizing for being America. And, uh, and we have to also, when we talk about America first, America first is not a, is not a bumper sticker that, that Donald Trump created. America first has been around a long time. Yeah. Donald Trump's, uh, you know, his bumper stickers make America great again. And we obviously are going to need to do that. I do think from, 
from uh, you know from a foreign policy perspective and from a military perspective, which is a which is a uh, an, a component of our foreign policy, mm-hmm. we we right now are in a really tough spot because our army has not been able to to achieve its recruiting goals. And and you know this, uh, Rob, that that if you don't get your recruiting goals, if you don't meet your recruiting goals, the downstream effect and the and the really the the debilitating effect of what that can have on your ability to have a fighting force that's ready, you know, is 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 really difficult to achieve. And right now we're not achieving that. We have not met those goals for for bringing in and and thickening our body, so to speak, of our military forces, principally the United States Army. And that's mm-hmm. a big deal. I do think that we also have to change the attitude. We have to do this immediately. And this is only going to take going to take solid leadership. It's the only way it's going to do it. We have to get rid of this attitude of fighting and participating in wars, right? These never-ending, endless wars. We are we get an A plus for participating. We get an F for winning. And the reason why is because we have stopped stating goals and objectives that are winnable, achievable, you know, goals. The president of the United States, in this case, Biden, he's never stated once what the objectives are for our for our operations in uh, in Ukraine. He's never accept. He's never stated once. In the, in the past month for what our objectives are in, uh, in, uh, in the Middle East. And it's really confusing to the American people. It's, in fact, it's very confusing to the American people, never mind the people in that region where somebody goes, well, you know, we're for Israel, but we're also going to give $100 million to uh, the, the Palestinian Liberation Organization. It's like, what? Yeah. So we have, to, we have to start focusing on the culture that we have that is a winning culture. And again, I'm going to stand here and tell you and tell your audience, I am not for war. I am I am not for these endless wars. If we are going to send our military forces to war, they have to be given very, very laser clear uh, objectives that are winnable and winnable in a very in a very specific period of time. Because right. we can't, we don't have the we don't have the wherewithal. We definitely don't have the uh, the treasury to be able to deal with. Another unending war. I mean, we've spent we spent seven trillion in Iraq. We spent over six trillion, maybe more, in Afghanistan. We actually mm-hmm. spent more money in Afghanistan than we spent to rebuild Europe after World War II in the same sort of dollars that, if you will, today. So yeah. we we are in a place right now where when we talk about you know what's going on overseas, we've got to have a winning attitude first, and we've got to reinstate yeah. the idea of winning. And we have got to stop with the nonsense, particularly in the Department of Defense, with the nonsense of critical race theory and whether or not you're this color or that color for a promotion. Yeah. That has to end. There are, you know, there in a, in a foxhole, all you worry about is is whether that person is prepared, trained, and ready, and to to do the job that you're you're supposed to do with them. You know, right. and you know this from your time in the service, and thank you for your service as well. It's about trust. That's number one. No, exactly. Number one is is it's the attitude that we have to reinstill in our armed forces. We also have that same uh, uh, sense that we've got to recreate in our diplomatic corps. Our diplomatic corps, honestly, the diplomatic corps is so far left. We have we have more diplomats that are anti-American in places like ambassadorships around the world or the diplomatic. You know what they call the deputy chief of mission. Deputy chief of mission. Those are usually usually the a civilian 
who's not a not an ambassador appointment, but somebody who's got, got a lifelong service in the diplomatic mm -hmm. court. A lot of these people are very anti-American. A lot of these people are in that sort of LGBTQH realm. And right. when we've got to we've got to change that out. We cannot continue down this path where we are moving towards America being a, a communist country, because that's the direction that we are moving. Oh, it the certainly other thing is. That we, the other thing that we have to recognize is we have to recognize that there is a global alliance that has formed against the United States of America, principally the United States of America. You know, you can say other elements of the West, but it's really the U.S. Yeah. We're the sort of the yeah. last bastion. We're the last redoubt of, uh, of defense for freedom on the planet. So this global alliance, it consists of, it's an economic and a military alliance. It starts with this BRICS organization, the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. They recently had a, uh, a conference about two months ago now, and they added another seven countries. Well, those five countries that I just rattled off, plus these additional seven, they equate to about 75% of the world's population from nation states. I'm not talking about these third and fourth world countries that are in different parts of the world. Hell, we're starting to look like a third world country when you drive around some of our airports and some of our roads and, frankly, some of the things that you're seeing in, in many of our cities with, with these not just a few hundred or a few thousand illegals, but hundreds of thousands of illegals. And the, and the sheer weight, the sheer weight of those of those invaders of our country and what they're doing to our infrastructure, you know, not only our physical infrastructure, but the mental and ideological infrastructure of our country. So those are all parts of a, of a national security strategy moving forward. And those things have to be done quickly. So we have yeah. to make some decisions very quickly. And I know that there are people thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Uh, but, but part of this, and I, and I do want to, I do want to add this uh, to your show today, Rob, because I, I can also see a scenario where we don't have an election, you know? I mean, a 2024 election. I know we got some elections here tomorrow throughout yeah. the country, but, you know, there, there, are, there are scenarios that I can see where, you know, states of emergency, some, some crazy set of crises occur in our country. I mean, if, if and I believe that our, our election system and processes are broken, completely broken. I'm not an election denier. I just deny. I, I'm not an election denier, Rob. I just deny the fact that we have a fair election system and a fair election process. We do not. I mean, ask the city of Bridgeport, Connecticut, just recently, right? Exactly. That's one of the. That's one of the more specific examples. But our entire system is like this. So if if they if it was broken in 2020, has it been fixed enough by the time we get to 2024? To have a fair election system. And if you're in charge of the White House right now and you're in charge of the institutions of government, you know, why in the world would you allow a fair election to occur and, and potentially have a group of people come in who are going to hold you accountable? Because we must hold people accountable. If there's two things that our that our founders gave us, they gave us courage, they gave us a demonstrated level of courage that that only they uh, were able to give us, and they and they won the day, right? And the yeah. other thing they gave us was accountability. The idea of accountability—that we are as citizens of this great country, accountable to our for our actions, accountable to the laws of our land, and accountable to the people of this country if we're in these positions of power. And right now, I don't see that. I, I really, the, the the lack of trust. You mentioned the word trust. The lack of trust in the institutions of government, Department of Justice, 
you know, the rule of law, right? The FBI, the intelligence community, the Department of Defense, the leadership of the Department of Defense primarily, not that necessarily the rank and file, but the culture of some of these organizations is radically and fundamentally changing, as, as only Barack Obama could say when he said, you know, I want to fundamentally change America. Because I do believe that a guy like him, he's the only president that stayed in Washington, D.C. after uh, after coming out of the presidency. The only one. The only other yeah. guy that stayed there stayed there for a period like, of time because right. he had a stroke. Because he had a stroke. <laughs> so he, he's there. He's there for one specific yeah. purpose. I agree. And, and people need to. People need to understand that. We need to call him out for that. And we've got to be very careful that we don't allow, you know, a small percentage of people who are very passionate to rule the day here in this country, because the majority still rules in this country. And frankly, Rob, you know, like your audience, like your great audience and many, many people that, that, uh, that, are, that are out there fighting in the information domain right now, that mm -hmm. are fighting to try to uphold the liberties and uphold our freedoms and our rights. You know, there's a lot of people out there. We are the majority, but we have to be more yeah. passionate. And I think I think we have to be more uh, outward. And, you know, why are they able to hold these rallies? And, and where are we? Why aren't we holding counter, you know, peaceful exactly. rallies? Well, why aren't we doing that at the state's capitals? Yeah. Why aren't we challenging our, the governors? Why aren't we challenging all these elected officials even in greater ways? Because I can tell you, Mike Johnson, the new Speaker of the House, his plate is full. But one of the very first priorities that he that he spoke to, which I, I was like all for Mike Johnson, I was all for somebody new, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But the very first priority he talked about was funding Ukraine. I mean, exactly. that's a losing cause. Yeah. Where that's 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 good money after bad money. Stop. Yeah. Let's focus on America first and let's take care of our beautiful country. Because if we don't do that right now, we're not gonna have a country, folks. We are not gonna have it. And and everybody all, knows it. Everybody yeah, feels exactly it. right, sir. It all comes down to strength. That's why I titled this the show "Peace Through Strength." It's not a slogan, man. You know, we've right. got to do it from the national security and foreign policy perspective all the way to the d domestic. And I'm glad you brought in the the election security and election uh, uh, trustworthiness because. Most people in this country, even Democrats, don't trust it anymore. Well, let's take a question before we take our last break, and then we'll get to the answer on the other side of the break. Cat, uh, who's got their hand up over there? Real quick, 20 seconds for a question. We can hear it and then think about it during the, this commercial break. Copy that. Um, CS has a question. Good afternoon, General. Good afternoon, Colonel. Hey, CS. Um, my question is this. We understand that the ones that control the propaganda or control the narrative are the ones that are going to control the minds. That's a simple answer. Now, the yeah. question is this. Even though you, we know that Hamas has the technological advancements in the digital age where they can send out all this information, they can send out all the propaganda they want, it's the actual boots on the grounds at the colleges and the universities and in yeah. the communities that are controlling the narrative, that are controlling the minds. That's not a simple case where we can just hit a switch and just stop it. You're right. How would we get involved in controlling these boots on the ground that Hamas, Hezbollah, and other organizations have in our colleges, in our universities, and just in our communities to be able to shut them down, to stop them con from controlling the narrative and actually uh, bring out the truth as to what is actually happening and who and what Hamas and Hezbollah are? Great question, CS, but it's bigger than Hamas and Hezbollah, and that's why we'll talk about China in this last segment, because China's 
information warfare is a big part of the Hamas narrative that's being pushed inside our country. We'll be right back with The Rob Mana Show and General Mike Flynn. Attention Americans, breaking news. Biden's dangerous plan for a digital dollar is underway. Don't be fooled. It won't benefit you. Take action now. The Federal Reserve phased deployment of FedNow began on July 1st, 2023. Be prepared. This may catch many off guard. Your hard-earned assets are in jeopardy. But there's a simple legal tax loophole to opt out of the digital dollar. Reach out to American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide and discover how to safeguard your wealth with gold and silver IRAs against a failing dollar and volatile markets. Visit protectfrombiden.com. This invaluable guide provides precise steps to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals without any tax consequences. Be smart. Don't let Biden force you into using the government's new digital dollar. Visit protectfrombiden.com to get your free guide and get started. Again, that's protectfrombiden.com. the new Department of Defense report on China's military readiness will send a chill down your spine. The Chinese Communist Party now has more than 500 nuclear warheads, a 25% increase since 2022. Over the past year, Beijing has built 300 new ICBM silos. With the Pentagon projecting the CCP's arsenal may reach 1,000 warheads by 2030 and 1,500 by 2035. Now, senior DOD officials are suggesting that the CCP is on track to exceed even those previous projections. In other words, despite the Biden administration's much vaunted diplomatic accommodations to Beijing, the CCP's military buildup is not slowing, it is accelerating. The conventional picture is just as frightening. Beijing's Navy now has 370 ships and submarines, up from 340 last year, more than the U.S. Navy. With the CCP announcing plans to increase its defense budget by 7.1% in 2023, we shouldn't expect this trend to reverse anytime soon. They're already on the move. The CCP believes that Taiwan, outside its control causes national weakness, and Xi Jinping has ordered his military to be prepared to act by 2027. The CCP aircraft violated Taiwanese airspace 1,737 times in 2023. That's an increase of 79 percent from 2022. Beijing has exported drones and other military equipment to Russia to advance Putin's war in Ukraine. The Biden administration's own DOD report is yet another warning sign. It should be a wake-up call for the executive branch to take action before it's too late. Welcome back to the Rob Maynard Show here on the Red Voice Media Network, where we're talking with uh, retired Army General Mike Flynn and former National Security Advisor to the 45th President of the United States, Donald J. Trump. Uh, well, sir, you know, CS's question before the break was about the narrative yep. control about Hamas and Hezbollah, but really an integral part of that, as a matter of fact, I would say, uh, based on what I know, the driver of that is the Chinese Communist Party's infiltration and influence operations that are occurring right here inside the United States at places like Confucius Institutes that are at all the major universities, secret police stations that are rounding up 
uh, you know, asylum, uh, Chinese nationals that have sought asylum and freedom here in the United States, uh, and t intimidating them and everything. And okay. that is really from a foreign policy and national security perspective, both internally and externally, the most ex existential threat we face, isn't it? Yeah, so first of all, CS, I appreciate your question, and I'm, I'm going to address that first. But before I do that, you know, what you just showed is, is uh, Congressman Mike Gallagher from yep. uh, Wisconsin. I know Mike. Mike actually used to work for me. If there's one thing that people in Congress must, must do, and Mike's one of them, and I, you know, this is sort of a counsel to him, they need to speak up more. Mike is a very smart guy. Mike has done a lot of work. He's, he's, got a, he's part of a committee that looks at the Chinese buildup, as he just laid out there. But these— these congressmen have to be far more vocal. They have got to speak up and tell the American people. You know, you rarely, people don't even know who Mike Gallagher is. He's probably one of the smartest guys we have in a very important position and role right now in Congress, but he doesn't speak up enough. So I hope he's listening to this because he knows me. He used to work for me, and he knows that I mean what I say. And so we need to talk up because we got to get in front of the American people about the dangers yep. that, we, that we face. They're, the Chinese have an absolute lust power. When it comes to Hamas and Hezbollah and their capabilities, you know, these are not, they, they, first of all, both of those organizations are very, very sophisticated. They're both directly supported by uh, Iran. They're both directly supported, which means they're, they're in a way, indirectly supported by China, and in many cases, directly supported by China. Um, so Hamas and Hezbollah have not just been, they just didn't show up on the streets of America in the last month. They've been here for for decades, and I mean at least two decades, and I and they have grown in power and and uh, organization and uh, and uh, ec and economic strength, and they are very active. I saw one of the one of the rallies the other day, and there was a you know a, like a, a very small a very small like uh, uh, kind of she looked like she was maybe late thirties, early forties activist with a bullhorn, a white girl, right? A white girl. She had yeah. some some orange hair or, or uh, you know, colored hair. Wasn't wasn't that she had was a redhead. She was like, it was like a like a purplish pink kind of hair going, but she's got mm -hmm. the bullhorn and she's in the middle of the crowd and she's screaming, you know, about she's giving the, you know, the call and they are all repeating it, right? Whatever that particular yep. call was. And you say to yourself, who the hell is she? Where, you know, she's not some, some radical Islamist from, uh, from Tunisia or from, uh, you know, Palestine. She's actually somebody, some some white girl who's in the middle of a crowd and she's screaming. So somebody, she's an activist for somebody. Somebody is paying for her to be there. I guarantee it. And she's got the bullhorn and she's got control of the of the narrative, which is kind of what CS was getting at. There's a big, yeah. but then there's a bigger narrative. And I say this Chinese lust for power because the Chinese have a very very sophisticated, not only military as Mike Gallagher was outlining in your. Right. In the in the run up to this segment, but also what we know they have, they have a very sophisticated space and cyber capability. They have a lot of control and a lot of infiltration into every single institution of government, whether it's the Defense Department, whether it's the uh, the National Security Council in the White House, whether it's the the diplomatic corps over at the State Department. You you showed part of that clip was our current Secretary of Commerce and. Um, we have, they have infiltration into the Commerce Department. I mean, the Chinese are right. very sophisticated in terms of their ability to, to conduct spying operations or infiltration operations. And it didn't happen because of a guy named Donald Trump. 
It's been going on for the better part of three decades, even more in many cases, but certainly in the last three decades. Now, all the Chinologists are going to say, well, China's got all these problems and China can't do all this baloney. The Chinese are sophisticated. They have a very long-term plan and they think they think in, in generationally. They don't think in you know one president to the next or one election to the next cycle. And they frankly don't have a, a, a government that is completely out of control. Our government is so out of control right now, but it can be reined in. Our government can yes. be reined in. And the way it can be reined in is by very strong leadership who understands what it is that our government is supposed to be doing, who understands the limitations of the Constitution and understands what the what the founders decided upon when they when they gave the federal government so many things to do. And they really wanted states to do a heck of a lot more. But I will right. tell you, and, and really this is back to CS, you know, to, to get to your great question. There, there is a very sophisticated element within the side of the United States of America that exists right now, and they are backed by these, these uh, various institutions, and, that, and the Chinese are part and parcel to every single bit of it, and particularly the funding, the messaging, you know, how they are able to do the things that they're able to do in such a sophisticated and large, large way. I mean, the last week, you know, the last week of, of uh, protests that we have seen, it's like every single college campus in the country seems to have unleashed themselves in terms of support to really what amounts to a terrorist organization. Hamas is and a terrorist organization. Just think about all the airline tickets and bus yeah. tickets that had to be bought for that. Yeah, one, thing, too, one thing that I, one thing that I want to, I also want to stress, and I mean, and I meant to say this up front in the, in the part about really talking about the Middle East. The question that people need to ask is, why is the Palestinian problem an Israeli problem? Why isn't it an Arab problem, right? And, yep. and the, because the Arab nations, the Arab nations, whether it's the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Oman, UAE, Egypt, you know, Lebanon, you name it, Jordan, Iraq, they don't want, they don't want that problem. They don't want that problem. Yep. You know why? Because it is a problem. Why isn't why aren't the Egyptians opening up the Sinai and saying, hey, look, we'll build, we'll build a place right here for you to live? Why don't the Jordanians do it? Why, don't the, why doesn't the kingdom of Saudi Arabia do it? You know why? Because they don't take in illegal immigrants. Okay? They don't yeah. take in illegals. They don't want right. them. They do not want them. But what they do is they use it like a, it's like a weapon system. The Palestinian problem is a weapon system to go after the, the state of Israel, which mm -hmm. You know, and I say this a bit tongue-in-cheek, when was the last, you know, who was the last tourist to go to Gaza to tour Gaza versus the last tourist to go to Israel to, to, to tour yeah. uh, Jerusalem? And you can go there on a, on, a tour, on a tour guide and not be threatened to have your head cut off. But if you go to some of these other places in the Middle East and, you're, and you look like me, you know, yeah. you're at risk. You're at risk. But you exactly. can go to a place like Israel. Why? Because Israel is a democracy in a cauldron of otherwise, you know, a, a, a vicious, a vicious, what is now being shown again as a very vicious uh, ideology. And, and they are, and they yeah. tend to be, the leaders of these countries tend to be controlled by small pockets of the very radicalized elements within their governments. Sorry to say, yeah. but they all know what That's I'm true. talking about. That's true, they all sir. Know what I'm talking about. You're exactly right. Last thing, last thing, Rob, what they respect is they respect strength. 
That's they respect right. strength. That's why we're so wrong for not hitting back hard at the at the Iranian militias that are pounding our installations right now. We've had 46 injured at last count, over 60 attacks, uh, General. And uh, I got 20 seconds here. Tell folks how they can find the books uh, uh, and uh, get in touch with you and where you're located at on the web. Yeah, thank you, Rod. They can go to generalflynn.com, generalflynn.com, and uh, and uh, Kat, thank you very much online there. Kat the Hammer, she's wonderful. She's a great friend. She and is. Rob, thank you for having me on. And uh, and don't believe any of the bullshit that you hear about me online. That's a psyop. <laughs> that is a psyop and a big old influence operation. Thanks, General. We appreciate your help today. It it went way too fast this hour, so I'm going to have to get you back yeah. at some point in the near future. Absolutely. God bless you. Absolutely, Rob. God bless. Have Peace. a great one. All right, All right folks. Uh, that's it for the Rob Manus Show today. Tomorrow's Training Tuesday. Uh, Jeff Richfield's back with us uh, to talk about what he's been up to. And we have John Pierce on Wednesday, defense attorney for many, many J6 uh, political prisoners out there. So until tomorrow, I'm Rob Manus, and Tucker's still laughing. <laughs> Biden and his cronies have lost over $3 trillion of America's retirement savings in 2022 alone. With inflation running rampant and the stock market crashing, do you have a plan to protect your wealth? Our friends at American Alternative Assets help you protect your retirement savings by rolling over your IRA or 401k into a gold IRA. Fact is, you can hold physical gold and silver in your retirement account while maintaining its tax-deferred status. Visit protectfrombiden.com today to get your free wealth protection guide. This guide will give you all the answers you need. American Alternative Assets is an A-plus and accredited member of the Better Business Bureau. Protect your savings now before it's too late. Visit protectfrombiden.com. Individual results may vary. There is no guarantee that past performance will be indicative of future results.